Hi, the Audible Podcast. We're here a second time out. This is, we're going to call this Audible Podcast Season 1, Episode 2. Kimbo Camper, Joe Rose, John Conjemi with us. And uh, since our last podcast dropped last week, been a lot of stuff going on. Me and Joe were on a cruise, by the way. I heard. Joe and I, Joe and I <laughs> went. MSC Seaside. Joe and I went. We, you, we took our sea legs and went out on the MSC. Beautiful cruise. Beautiful boat out there. Oh, my god. The Seaside. Gosh. Went to the Bahamas. gorgeous. Um, Seven-day cruise. Joe and I got off after three days. We went to St. Thomas and flew home so we could That's get back for the show. That's the way to do show. it, though. You guys are dedicated. We were thinking about staying, but most of the people in the cruise go, get rid of those assholes now. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing them. I'm tired of seeing them. I heard tired, I was, I heard tired of seeing us in those jerseys. I'm yeah. just going to say, you had to wear the jerseys? Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to ask. You know, I, I got one night, the second night we're there, we're going to go take pictures. We've got to wear jerseys. I thought it was dress-up night. So I put a nice shirt on, a pair oh, of slacks. You ought to see. I came out good, there. Huh? I slipped that Seen jersey on for about two hours of taking pictures. Had. I took that shirt off. You could see my hairy ass back right through my shirt. It was one of the and biggest <laughs> massive sweats it was I had one. It was ever seen. He must have lost five pounds. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's nice but and I gained cool. most of it back. You I were all right, the way out in the Atlantic, I went right, too, down, right? To the bar, I went right down to the bar after he did he do that. to refill up a little bit. So. You used some of those coupons. you darn right. That's you right. darn right. All those drink coupons come in. But anyway, I want to thank MCS Cruise. It was good really, time. Really good people. Wonderful people. The staff was excellent. The ship was beautiful. The weather was awesome. The weather was awesome. By the way, the... The ocean was like a lake. I thought yeah. it might be a little choppy. It was beautiful. Just so anyway, great. so that's what Joe and I have been doing. Uh, we got a lot of stuff on the program tonight. Uh, our featured interview is going to be Mike Tannenbaum, Executive Vice President of Football Operations. Uh, Will, Will, Joe, John, and I will discuss what's going on with the state of the Dolphins right now. Been some things happen uh, since our last podcast. We'll get into that. And by the way, if you're looking for the podcast, there's a number of places you can catch. You can catch it on Apple Music, JoeDolphins.com. Joe's Joe, high you, on that Joe, one. you can catch it on the Miami Dolphins mobile app. You have the mobile app. I right? have that. Yeah, which app? You don't have an app. You got no app. <laughs> I looked at Joe's phone. There's nothing on it. I looked at Joe. I looked at Joe's phone yesterday because we we're trying to get back to the. I couldn't even get Uber to try to get him on Uber. He doesn't know how to get an well, Uber. I don't have that phone. either. And I looked at his phone. He got no apps on his phone, so I know he doesn't have the Miami. He doesn't Dolphins even know how to answer it when you call him. No, he doesn't. Anyway, if you have your not show and you got very that mobile quiet. app, you can go to <laughs> TuneIn Radio with episodes dropping. We drop every week Thursday or Friday morning. I think this one drops. I think this one is dropping. If you're listening to it right now, we're dropping on this one on uh, on Thursday, right? Thursday morning drop on this one, which is different from last week. We went Friday. So we're keeping you guessing. You're not going to know when it's going to drop, but it's going to drop somewhere. Sometimes it's going to drop on our ass, and it's going to hurt us. I know that. But So, hey, be sure to, I subscribe. Thought that happened last be week. Sure to subscribe to the podcast <laughs> so you get notified when uh, new episodes are available. Uh, and again, as we've said before, we want to keep this interactive. Joe, I, I'm surprised we got, I think we got a bunch of questions from fans that, uh, that, that sent questions in last week. So if you want, you want our questions, yeah. you want your questions heard on the podcast, just go ahead, send them in. You can send them in via Twitter, Facebook, any way you can get to us. You can email over here, do, do whatever you want to get it on and we'll get to those questions. But uh, a lot of stuff going on, Joe. Uh, and John, uh, this year and, and this this week, you know, last week was an active week in free agency. That 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 waterfall, that 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 the tsunami of free agent signings and stuff has dried to a trickle now. Well, there's think, not much going on right think now. Think about last week. Why we're we're doing this? Why we're doing yeah. this thing? Taping this, we we get a new center. Yeah, we get a yeah. new guard signed. 
And we lose our old center, who's now at the San Diego Chargers, Mike Pouncey. That all happened within what, that 24 was hours. Yeah, yeah, that was well, quick. Well, with us, it happened within an hour or two. Right, right. When we're doing the podcast, it, it, it popped up, and so so uh, Mike Mike Pouncey, a guy that I, I think is universally uh, really loved in this franchise and liked on this team. Uh, he he makes the move. He goes out and uh, and gets a new job with the San Diego or the L.A. Chargers. Uh, he's out in L.A. Uh, we get Daniel Kilgore from the San Francisco 49ers. Joe, who the 49ers had just signed. Uh, you a know, month ago, a month ago, Love to a that. nice contract, and so you know he's not a guy they were ready to dump off the, to to kick off board. Uh, they just happened to get another player. He became available, and and the guys upstairs jumped all over that. Yeah, they were talking about him. If if he didn't play center, he's going to be the backup center and move the guard. Yep. But they they really liked him in that package. I just want to say this about Mike Pouncey because talked about it on the radio as well as. How about Mike and what he was able to get from the Chargers? Yep. Yeah, I was true. surprised. I didn't know how the physical was going to yep. go with the hip problems he's had, but he got $10 million guaranteed and yep. 15 over he's two years. He's making more money now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I'm with Good you, for Joe. him. Good I'm, job I'm, by I'm, his agent, yeah. too. I'm with Joe. I'm going, man, you know, because, look, I, I like Mike. Mike's been nothing but great. And, Joe, you've been in the same situation. Whenever we've needed Mike for a charity event or anything, Comes always through. there, always first and foremost always does the right thing. And so I have a lot of admiration for Mike Pouncey. Uh, and, and I'm glad he found a job out there. But I was worried that, you know, with his hip thing, all the procedures he's gone they were through. They are going to fail him. The questions You're about right. can you practice or not. I thought it was going to be tough for him to get a job. But the Chargers evidently did their homework, went and said, hey, he's well, good they had their doctors good, look good, at good, him. Yeah. Yeah. They said, hey, you, you made it last year. They must have a game plan for him. And listen, Mike Pouncey's healthy. Yeah. He's pretty damn good. Hey, yeah. there's a roadmap out there for how to treat Mike Pouncey yeah. going forward. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins did that last year. You got 16 games out of Mike Pouncey. Now, did that hurt any synergy, pra- not practicing week in and week yeah. out? Did that hurt a-, a young offensive line that was going through a lot yeah. of issues? Uh, maybe, yeah. but it sure helped one guy yeah. in the middle. You know, it's a Pro Bowl center when he's yeah. at his best. He's a nasty individual that can get out in front yeah. of stuff. So, hey, the Chargers went through their yep. evaluation. They felt yep. like they could sign him. They paid him a lot of money two years down the line. Let's see how it goes. But for what Mike gave to this organization, all you can say is thank you. And the good thing is we got a, we got a, starting, we got a starting center. Got and a the guy Dolphins that started are, a lot of yeah, games right. for the 49ers, come here. And, and then they go out and get Josh Sitton, who played for the Green Bay Packers, played for the Chicago Bears, multi-time pro bowler, an all-pro player, a guy that, that comes in and, and, and should solidify that guard uh, on the left side next to Laramie Tunsil, and all of a sudden, offensive line, you know, you know, it was, a, it was a question, a big question mark about two weeks ago. All of a sudden, you're looking, hey, you bring Juwan James back. If you can get him playing the level you want, hey, it might not be a very bad, might not, might not be a bad mix of guys to start this no, season. that's a solid group, man. you got some really good veterans. I, I like the group, too. I think it's a better offensive line right now than it was a year ago yep. when we were trying to figure out who is going to win all these different battles at guard and everything else with guys injured. Right now on paper, that offensive yeah. line with, with Jesse Davis potentially well, right. either a starter or, or a backup. Or a backup. You, you go out and you maybe sign Sam Young again. Yeah. You still yeah. got Larson around. You've yeah. got a lot of yeah. options And Larson now. can play center and, and do, guard. Exactly. So it's good. Right, yeah. you got options. You, you, you've increased your, your quality of play at the, at the, at the starting spot, and you've increased, increased your depth which we've seen over the years you need on that it. offensive line is of, of utmost importance. Some other news here in the program, too. Uh, DeMarco Murray uh, from the Titans. The Dolphins worked him out. Not sure what the outcome of that is. And also it looks like Baker Mayfield uh, is being reported that uh, is going to get a private workout with the Dolphins somewhere sometime 
uh, that that may happen. So obviously the Dolphins still in line looking for a quarterback, but the New York Jets may have thrown the biggest monkey wrench in the, in the draft out there when they, they traded to move up to the third pick. Certainly is going to affect what the Dolphins do when it comes to 11. And boy, I'll tell you what, if there was a team that thought they were in a pretty good position when it came to a quarterback with the Buffalo Bills, and all of a sudden now, they might be sucking high and tit with these guys behind the corner, well, you know? think about the, the Bills moved up and we're feeling pretty good, and then the Jets jump up a couple of spots to three. The Bills know that if they're going to get into this, I still think they can jump up. Yeah. They're going to have to give up a lot of picks. And by the way, they got a lot. They got two ones, two twos, and two threes, and then you can throw in future picks as well. They may have to. Well, speaking of free agency and all the guys that are coming and going, the guy that's pulling the trigger on this besides Chris Greer is the executive vice president of football operations, Mike Tannenbaum. Had a chance to catch up with him. All right, joining us now, Mike Tannenbaum, executive vice president of football operations. And Mike, uh, got nothing to do these days, huh? Not, 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 <laughs> has, hasn't been much going on for the last couple of weeks. For yeah, you. yeah, it's been uh, hectic, but uh, it's been, I think, really good for the organization. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had a lot of strategic meetings with uh, Steve Ross, our owner, Coach Gase, Chris Greer, our GM, and you know, look, we went six and ten, and six and ten wasn't good enough for anybody. And uh, it starts with us. And you know, we felt like it was a great opportunity. You know, that's the word we keep using. We have an opportunity to get better. Um, with that, you have to make hard decisions, and sometimes players move on that have contributed and helped get the program going. But um, you know, our charge is to do what's best for the organization, and. You know, we've made some of those decisions all with the view of what's best for us and, and moving forward, and we're, we're excited about the direction we're going. Well, let's take a few steps back, Mike, and, and kind of go through the process here of, of, of where we're at now and, and what's going to be coming up with the draft and everything. And I always look at uh, guys like yourself, uh, Chris Greer, the general manager. Most of the organization is in the now. Right. You guys are always looking into the future. That's right. You guys are two, three, four steps ahead yeah. of what's going on uh, with the season. And when you start going through the, the free agent stuff, including your guys and guys that are out there that you may be interested in, when does that research, when does all that stuff take place so that when it comes time, when the gates open, that, uh, that you're ready to, to make the break out of the gates? Yeah, I mean, it really goes back probably several years to be candid. You know, you sign guys like Ryan Tanhill to an extension or guys like Kiko Alonso, and it's all for trying to plan proactively, literally, like, you go out a couple of years uh, to try to keep your nucleus together and you try to project cap numbers and Brandon Schur, who uh, heads up our, our contract negotiations, does a great job and we try to put a big picture plan of like, hey, who can we keep and, and who, you know, may be too costly, where do we have to draft and then, you know, you, you talk about free agency, Kim, you know, the first meetings were back in December. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny with scouting, like, you talk about a guy you're really interested, sounds great, and then he signs an extension with his own team. All right, cross him off. <laughs> <Let's get out. laughs> and so it's really uh, a process that goes on. And like you said, you know, the coaches are in the here and the now, and we're, you know, certainly trying to do as much strategic planning as possible. I would like to know, Mike, and I'm sure fans would like to know, how much different is the process for free agency compared to when you're getting into the draft? Right. Because it seems like... They're both fluid, but yet, like you said, the meeting started for free agency in December. I'm sure the draft kind of goes year-round as you're evaluating different positions and different players. Right, yeah, John. Um, so the, the 2018 draft preparation started last May when Chris took uh, you know, most of the scouts and went to the national meetings where we get like the initial list for the following year. And like for us, we're adding players the whole year. And look, unfortunately, we had the injury. You know, Jay Cutler was signed in August, but that's just illustrative of like the, the off season. Sometimes like a tiebreaker for us in terms of like, hey, when we're gonna sign a player in free agency, maybe like, well, if we hit pause here, we think it's pretty deep in the draft. And again, 
you know, it's never an exact science. So they are both fluid, John. I think that's a great way to put it. And we just try to take as much information as possible. And then with that said, we also try to be opportunistic. And a good example of that was AJ Derby. So AJ Derby was on the waiver wire uh, back in the fall. We were able to claim him. And he's a guy that, you know, we think can really contribute this year. You know, that may make the difference between, you know, signing another player. Where you specific. go. Yeah, right. exactly. So, again, that's just illustrative of the fact that, you know, this goes on the whole offseason. So, it, at this point, with free agency going on, certainly that's what's at the forefront right now with the draft following soon behind. Does the draft get put on the shelf for a little bit right now as far as probably you and Chris? I'm sure your college scouts guys are still doing their stuff. But from your standpoint, let's put this on the shelf. Let's get through this period of a couple weeks, and then we'll bring that back down. Yeah. and refine our focus back on that again. Yeah, they, they both actually go on. Um, so, you know, pro days are going on. We're covering those. You know, we try to watch, you know, games, you know, when we can. You know, it's it, there's a lot going on, though. Yeah. You know, a lot, of, a lot of moving parts this time of year. But we have the scouts coming back in, you know, in another 10 days. And um, the draft will be here before we know it. Yeah, let's talk about some of the guys in free agency. There's a lot of movement around the NFL, not only with the Miami Dolphins, but when you focus in on what we're concerned about, uh, a lot of key signings. You get Albert Wilson. Uh, you get Danny Amendola at the slot position. Uh, you get a couple of linemen in Sitton and Kilgore. Robert Quinn comes over in a trade before free agency. So there's a lot of interesting parts to this team, a lot of new faces that are going to hopefully build upon uh, what's, what's left in the building. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just so we could touch on, on these guys. You know, we wanted to bring in guys that were accomplished. We had a number of guys that played in the Super Bowl, and Sitton and Amendola had actually won Super Bowls. That, that was important to us. But, you know, starting with Amendola, obviously he was a guy that we struggled defending for a number of years, a very talented and productive, uh, you know, slot receiver. Obviously with Jarvis Landry moving on, that was going to be a need. And, you know, Jarvis was obviously super productive for us and played well here for a number of years. Um, so we felt fortunate to get Danny. Um, you know, in terms of Albert Wilson, maybe not a household name, but he's young, he's fast, he's ascending, he's versatile, he can play inside and out. It'll be a lot of fun to see how the coaches use him. And again, you know, that's a position where uh, the way we'd like to play, like having depth of that position is really important. So Jakeem Grant's coming back, Kenny Stills is back, Devontae Parker's coming back. Like that, that group is one that, you know, you always feel like you can't have enough depth. It gives you flexibility no in terms of formations, in terms of what Adam wants to do offensively. Right. Uh, you could play with a tight end, and sometimes you might not That's with right. as many guys we have that play at a high level. That's right. Like you talked about some of the guys, some of the guys that have gone. You talked about Jarvis and Dominican Sue, uh, Mike Pouncey. Um, th those are moves that I'm assuming you, you don't take lightly. Um, how does that conversation, who's involved in that conversation, when, when you look at these guys and there's, look, like, every, like anything you do in life, whatever you do, there's certain things you do well, there's certain things you don't do well, does this over, overcome this, does that overcome that? How do you guys go through that evaluation on somebody that you know extremely well, yep. that's been productive for you, that quite frankly you might look at and you go, hey, I like this guy, I like the way he plays, I like the way he does this, but right now for whatever reason, whether it's financial, whether it's something else, it's just not the right fit for where we want to go. Uh, that's got to be a pretty, that's got to be a pretty uh, difficult conversation we have with those guys. Some guys pretty easy. Hey, yeah, this guy's kind of, you know, he's run his course, we'll go. But guys like that who are right. key players and going to be key players somewhere else, it's got to be a tough decision for you guys to, uh, to, to work through. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, Steve Kerr, someone I've had the privilege of getting to know pretty well, you know, he talked about it from a player and coach standpoint. He goes, you know, the great parts of these jobs you, you do for free. You know, when you play in an arena and everyone's cheering for you, you do, do those things for free. 
you get paid all that money when it comes to the responsibility of hey a player gets traded or what, like those hard conversation that that's that's what you get paid to do like and i always thought that was like great context and mike pouncey and dominican sue Jarvis Landry, you know, those were guys that were productive here. A couple of those guys were drafted here, played a long time. Mike and Jarvis in particular, you know, were here for a long time, played hurt, um, helped us get to the playoffs two years ago. And we have a lot of respect for what they accomplished. With that said, we have to make decisions that's best for us. And we know sometimes they're not going to be the most popular decisions. But as you mentioned earlier, John, like sometimes you have to look at, hey, where are you going to be in six months? Where are you going to be in a year? Um, and what can we get to replace the player? What resources are going to have to be allocated? And these are really, really hard decisions. And communicating those decisions are hard. And I always say to myself, like, that's okay. You know, like when you make those calls and it hurts, like, you know, we're humans. Like, we're making decisions as professionals and we got to make the right decision. But as a human being, like, sometimes those, those are hard conversations to have. We always talk about, like, the Labor Day weekend, you know, when your roster gets cut down. Like, those are difficult conversations to have. Uh, unfortunately, that's part of the business. And you know, the fans certainly—they're—they're they're all over this thing, and and, and you find yourself in a, in a no-win situation. And, I, and I'll give you Indomitian Sue, because uh, I've heard this conversation over and over again. Geez, you know, Indomitian Sue, great player, uh, paying too much money for that position, blah blah blah, this and that, and this and that. And then the the moment that you let him go, geez, he's our best player. Why'd you let him go? He's, what are we doing? I mean, so it's. You know, I think yeah, that was you and I having that conversation. Yeah. But, but I mean, look, look, fans are fans, and 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 they they love the team, and they want to support the team, and this and that, and they embrace guys that are here. But sometimes they're disgruntled. But then when they leave, oh, well, why are you getting? I, I don't envy the, the position you're in sometimes because, quite frankly, it, it really is a no-win situation until six months down the road when you find out that hey, you know what? Those are pretty good moves now. But, you know, it's a knee-jerk kind of a situation. It's a knee-jerk world that we live in, yeah. in this environment. Yeah, and one thing I would like to add, guys, to this conversation, which is, you know, we have a 90-man roster, and right now we're talking about five, six, yep. seven, eight players. The, the greatest improvement our team will have this year is from the players that are in the building that will continue to get coached and developed. And there's a lot of unsung stories that will come out, you know, when we get to training camp mm -hmm. and the improvement. Like, so if we were sitting here a year ago, we would say, well, Xavier and Howard, boy, you know, he flashed some, but we really don't know. Well, yeah, we felt really good. Mm -hmm. And 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 Xavier's a piece of, of our team that should be foundationally here for a long time. And there's a couple of guys that we feel in particular have a chance to really take the next step. And that's maybe hard to explain in March. But when we put the pads on in August, you know, we're, you know, we're encouraged where the trajectory of some of these young players are going. And those are, are, are factors because you, you've got to fill a lot of these needs from within. That's the only way to have sustainability in our system. And, and that leads me to a question that, and a title, Miami Dolphins tender three exclusive rights free agents. So a couple days ago, Mike Hall, Jake Brendel, Jordan Lucas. What does that mean, Mike, exclusive rights uh, right. free agents and how you keep those guys, how, how you offer them or protect from yeah. others? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question. So basically, to, uh, not to oversimplify things, but like three big buckets of players. So unrestricted free agency so that's a player that's been in the league for four more seasons whose contract has expired could go to the market restricted free agent is someone who has three accrued seasons who their contract has expired and we could put a tender on them depending on what round they've you know came in or you could actually enhance a tender depending on how the how value much, yeah exactly okay and then if a player's been in the league has less than three accrued seasons but his contract has expired 
you could keep him uh, basically at his minimum, but you have to tender him. And that's what we did with those three guys. And in, in talking about building within, he's one of those guys, you re-sign Walt Aikens, you get William Hayes back. So you got to keep that nucleus because it's just not all free agency or the draft. That's right. You have to build your team from the, the roster that you have from last season. Yeah. And again, you know, Anthony Hunt, our pro personnel director, he does a great job. And again, when you pick up a guy like AJ Derby, it's not a household name. It's not a huge, but you know, he's going to serve a role and that's a role that's one less resource. We would have to go pick, you know, in the draft or sign in free agency. And again, it really takes like the whole year in terms of the approach of like claiming players, signing players late, and then, you know, try to keep them, you know, for as long as you can, as long as it's, you know, makes sense. Guys like that, you know, I would think the coaching staff and the scouts and your personnel that report to you did a really good job finding a guy like that because he, he was inserted right away into the lineup last year. You know, he's, he's on the fast track to learn the offense. He gets put in games and he's at a position where everybody's focusing at, well, maybe we need a tight end in free agency. Maybe we need a tight end in the draft. And maybe there's a guy there later on. But when you have confidence in a guy like A.J. Derby, who's proven it elsewhere, I think he was in New England, then he was in Denver potentially, came to us. You have confidence, and maybe the, the fan doesn't realize he's on your roster already. That's right. No, that, that, exactly. You know, Jesse Davis is another guy. Jesse has a great future with us. Right. And, you know, again, you just can't go out there and say, hey, we're going to go get, spend all this money on guards. Like, you know, Jesse was a guy that, you know, we were able to sign. Um, he was kind of under the radar, and then he was on a practice squad. We got him. Uh, he had a tryout, and he's he has a great future with us. And he has know. great flexibility, yes. too. Yes, yeah, tackle, uh, guard, flex, and, um, you know, again, another, maybe not a household name, but by the time we get to August, September, you know, I think Jesse Davis will be... No challenge. Yeah, yeah that's right. Sure, I'm assuming you go you go into free agency with a roadmap, um, and, and that roadmap, as soon as the, the bell rings, that roadmap starts changing. This guy's gone, that guy's available, this guy's that, um, and, that, and that's got to be a... I mean, I mean that, that's got to be a minute by minute, hour by hour, uh, constant job of keeping up with. Uh, and, a, and a good example is uh, is the kid from uh, that you got from uh, San Francisco, Kilgore, Kilgore. Daniel Kilgore. Daniel yeah. Kilgore. You know, here's a guy that just kind of popped up because they went out and got they went out and, and paid for another center. Here's a guy that they had just given a contract to that's available out there, and, and so that that quick change creates opportunities or could put you in a, in a bad situation based on your guys you know, that someone goes out and, and, and makes a play for that, that maybe you didn't quite expect. That's it. Kim, that is incredibly well said. You know, going back a couple of weeks before that, you know, if we sat here in January and you guys would say that Robert Quinn and Daniel Kilgore would be, you know, on Available, our team. Yeah. Be, like, well, you guys are crazy, yeah, you know, yeah. especially in Kilgore's case, he signed an extension with, with uh, San Francisco a month ago. So one of the things we're always preaching is we need flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. So having that flexibility allows us to go get Quinn, you know, a young pass rusher, under contract for the next couple of years. Those guys are impossible to find. And we were like, wow, this is a great opportunity for us. Guy like Kilgore, we get a text. You, you know, Kim, you talk about Minimine Bennett. We get a text. It was late, late at night saying, hey, we just got, you know, another center, Weston Richburg. Uh, this guy is unexpectedly available. You know, what are your thoughts? So Chris and I scramble quickly, get together, look at it. Um, you know, we're trying to talk to, you know, Josh Sitton and it kind of all, all the pieces, you know, you try to put them together and make the best decisions. And then likewise, you know, guys that we have, you know, are going to take visits and sign other places. You know, Cody Parkey signs a, a, a contract with Chicago and, you know, we thank him for 
last year, and you know now we got to move on to the you know the next kicker. Mike, you talk about flexibility in terms of being able to to make decisions, like you said, in the middle of the night, somebody gives you a text, and you're trying to make and evaluate and an educated decision. But what happens with flexibility when you have guys on the roster and you're going to Rashad Jones, you're going to Ryan Tannehill, and say, hey guys. We need to tweak something because it's going to give us more flexibility to make our team better. How does that process work? Because I think the fan right. doesn't really know how that works. Right. So the, that's all part of a longer term plan in terms of like how dollars are counted, either like in, in a base salary or you can prorate it out, which would lower your cap number for this year and add it in future years. And so we're very careful how we do that because we have certain sort of like um, we kind of put like. I would say like kind of check marks and like baselines of where we want to be in terms of, of dollars. So we always have flexibility. And that's something we always talk about is making sure that we don't have too many cap charges in any one year and we try to balance it out. So again, if you looked at our cap situation last year for this year, people would be like, oh, that could be tight. And we knew there was going to be certain opportunities. And that's why, you know, we're sitting here able to, you know, go, get, deals Robert, like yeah, that, yeah, right? go get Robert Quinn, right? Likewise, you know, for next year, we've already kind of built in like, okay, Here's what we think is going to happen. This player's contract is going to be up, the, you know, and, and start looking at those variables. And candidly, like even in the draft, like hey, if we get this player, he he can sit on the bench for a year, and then he has to go in and play, you know. And, and you see that all the yeah. time, you know, around the league in terms of you know draft choices. Sometimes you know they're not evaluated, you know, publicly because they don't play in year one. All of a sudden, the guy in front of him leaves to become a free agent. Now he, that, his turn is yeah, up. That's right. Speaking of the draft, you know, when you kind of go through the the free agent process, when it's all said and done, and you know, it becomes a trickle rather than a you know a flood of, of free agents out there, and you kind of start going back to the draft. Does your draft board change based on hey, look, we filled this need. No, no, we got a center. Yeah. We got a guard. We feel like we've got a center. We feel like we've got a guard. We feel like we found this position. Right. Um, does that, does your does your your draft board become a little more fluid at that point? Yeah. So you know, philosophically, you, you know, you want to leave the grades the way they are, and, and Chris and I talk about that all the time. And, and Chris does a fantastic job, but you know, like we want to give them the grades that they deserve. The coaches get involved this time of year. Of course, we want to get their thoughts and views on things. Um, but I think to your question, Kim, like it does affect your strategy. And look, in a perfect world, if you want to take the highest rated guy, and it's a position of need. But to be, you know. I, like I always like to say, if it's close or the tiebreaker is going to be based on need, but you know you're not going to take a third round tight end over a first round guard because you need a tight end. Like that's just not, you know, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. But you do want to use it as a tiebreaker, and those are you know the conversations we'll be having like for the next month for sure. Like one one of the things, the words that uh, that has been floated around since free agency was culture. You know, change of culture, change of things, and 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 I, I you know. I, at least when I try to, to, to kind of figure out what that is. Um, and it's funny because I, I was with Larry Zonka last week and, and talking to him about some stuff. And he said, he said you know, you know what, what makes a winning team? When you get players where winning football games is more important than how much money they make, then you've got something going for you. Is that kind of where you're looking at when you talk about a culture change? Give me those guys that just love to play football, that want to be out here, and that have the philosophy that – that to me, I think is a philosophy. Look, let me just go out and play the best I can, and if I play good enough, the money's going to follow me. Right. That that'll take care of its own self. Right. Yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts. You know, first of all, like I think there is a good foundation here. You know, we won ten games. You know, with, with this coach, with this quarterback, we're really excited about that. Um, obviously, last year didn't go the way we did, and I'm always like focused on moving forward. So I'm about 
let's keep bringing in the guys that we, we're, we're looking for. And I know I've heard other people use those terms, Kim, but I'm much more about looking forward and let's just keep doing it. And I'm telling you, like, Chris and Adam are both outstanding at this. Like, the guys we've brought in, like, the guys we've drafted, there's a great young nucleus of, 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 of good people, and we're just going to keep adding to it. And some people are going to leave, and, and they, they leave because for a myriad of reasons. Some we can control, some we can't. But I'm much more focused on moving forward. And sure, you know, I think in pro football, you know, there, there's a balance. Like, we all have families to feed. Like, this is a business. This is how people earn a living. With that said, you also want to be able to tear somebody in half, and you want to see what oozes out of them, and you hope the first thing you see is competitiveness. Because, yeah. you know, and, and that goes to a little bit to Zaka's point. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to make a lot of money. Like, again, this, this is a profession. But with that said, you also want people that love football, are tough and smart. And you're right. When, when, when the team's successful, that's going to benefit everybody. Well, you, you've been around. I mean, look, quite frankly, and I've seen guys, this team, other teams over the, over the last decade or two decades since free agency came in. You know, there's certain guys that you, 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 you put some money in their pocket and they kind of shift into neutral. You know, hey, I got my money. I don't, I, maybe I won't stay out extra long or practice or you know, I'm not going to go work out this day. And then there's the other guys out there that you could give them, you could give them $10 billion and they're going to work as hard and, as, as, and, and be as competitive and do everything. It's finding those guys, more of those guys right. than those other guys is, yeah. is, seems to be the key to the game. No, no question. And um, we spent a lot of time on that. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is, uh, you know, especially like with these college, like with the draft, the college preparation is, you know, how they treat the guys that can't help them. So, like, our scouts are talking to the trainers and the equipment guys. Like, that's really important to us. Mm-hmm. Mike, you've been at this a long time. Is it tough sometimes to temper your excitement about you feel really good about what you're doing, but you still know that there's more work to do? Is that a tough thing to to, to gauge? Yeah, I think it's just kind of like you have to be a little, you know, Coach Parcells used to say, like, this is a profession for the not normals, you know. And, (laughs) and, And I would just say, you know, it takes a certain personality of never being satisfied, you know. So, hey, look. When you, when you do something and you get, you know, and you're in a competitive situation and you're trying to get, you know, Josh sitting or you're competing with two other teams to get Robert Quinn, like, yeah, do we fist bump? Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. And that feels good for 10 to 15 seconds. And then you're yeah, done? And, and then you're like, oh, no, what's next? You know, like, what's the next opportunity? What's the next decision? What's the next meeting? You know, the draft is a month away, you know. And, and there's a lot of other things going on in your building with, you know, your staff. And, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of things going on. So... You know, like I said, I, you get 10 to 15 seconds of joy and elation, and then it's right back to work. So it's basically, work. you basically turn into a coach at, at after a win during the season. That's right. You, you, you kind of celebrate, you kind of go right. around and right. get your thoughts out, and then you're moving on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just the mindset, you know, it goes back to Coach Par- Parcells. He talked about a lot. It's just the mindset of saying, like, okay, what's next, and really never to be satisfied. And look, you know, there's a lot of work for us to do. You know what? I saw Coach Parcells last weekend. I was playing golf up at MacArthur, up at Hope Sound, and he refers to me as as a thief because of the company that I keep. So he <laughs> he he recited some, something. It took him about 20 seconds to say, and I looked at my partner. And I said, I think he was talking to you because he wasn't <laughs> talking to me because he, he's great at that. He, he's when I've played golf with him, he doesn't talk to his partner, the opposition, for at least four or five holes. And if you talk to him, he's mad at you. Right. He said, don't talk to them. We're, those, that's your opponent. So he, he's great. He, he's it's, awesome. It's funny you say that. And I, I follow this to this day, which was, you know, I was around coach in my formative years and, and very fortunate that he gave me a chance much earlier than I ever deserved. And um, he used to talk to us and the staff about how 
one of the things that really annoyed him was the, the pregame routine. And to this day, it's still instilled in me. Like, I don't go over and say hello to the opponent. Right. You know, I know a lot of my peers are on the sidelines, and it was just something yeah. he taught me. On early, like, we're there to beat them. Yeah. We're not there to fraternize. It's a, we're, we're here to beat them. Right. You could talk to them after the game, but why are you talking to somebody that you're trying to beat? Yeah. And, like, to this day, that's, like, been instilled in me. Well, that was my first thought when you, when you signed Dan, Danny Amendola. So yeah. I hated that guy for five years. <laughs> yeah, couldn't stand him for five years. Now I love him. Now, that, that's now I f- love the guy. And, in fact, that's the first thing I said to him <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I met him. We've talked about, about you, and we talked about Chris and, and players and personnel. Where do the coaches get involved in this? Now, you, you go out and uh, you get a Robert Quinn. Um, uh, you, you, you take away an Indomitian Sue. You got Charles Harris coming back. You got Andre Branch coming back. You got the, the young defensive tackles. But do you, do you, do at some point do you sit down with coach and, you, and you, the coaches say, hey, you know what? We, we somehow we need to find more pass rush. We need to be, we need to put more pressure on the quarterback. And so the, the conversation, okay, does that mean, okay, we go more defensive ends? You know, I remember watching the Giants when they think when the Giants won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of time they they line up with four or five defensive ends in a, in a passing situation. Sure. I think I think we played against the Giants one year, the Dolphins. I think they put six defensive ends out on the football field at one time, and they were all coming. So that's a philosophical thing. Do you? How does that conversation go with the yeah. coaches during or while this process is going on? Yeah, no question. Like, uh, and and Adam does a great job with the staff. Get their feedback and understand like what how they see things and that helps formulate you know our ability to make the best decisions um because like you said kim like there's a lot of different ways to use guys and people might say like oh you just signed you know william hayes and he's a defensive end well you know maybe there's a package where he's going to going to be move around and you know our competitors can see that come september and mike uh drafts coming up after this draft comes up uh and draft creates other uh, other situations other fluidity within the draft of of players are you looking for, players getting picked, players taken before you expect them to come, waiting for them to fall down, trying to decide do I move up, uh, all those things that uh, certainly come into fruition. And I think in most fans' mind, it's all they, all they see is the first round, and after that it's, you know, let me, let me, let me go about my business. But it, it's something that goes on from the first pick in the draft to the very last pick, then into the free agency coming out of, uh, out of the draft, the college free agents that are out there. Yeah, that, that's right. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I've learned is if you're drafting at 11, there's eight guys you have to have. If you're, if, if you're at 20, there's 15. You know, that's, yeah. that's something that, you, know, that you could certainly bank on every year. And, look, this may be a great year to trade back. You never know. Yeah. You, you just never know. Um, we want to leave ourselves flexibility. We have five picks in the first four rounds. Um, that was important to us. And we'll see how it goes. You know, could we move up three or four spots? Absolutely. Could we yeah. move back? You just... We'll see how that sorts out. Um, you know, there's obviously been a lot of talk about, you know, you know, all these quarterbacks this year, and I'm sure that'll be a big part of the narrative as we get closer. But you know, for us, we at this point, you know, sitting, you know, a little over a month away, we just want to be prepared, put our roster together the best we can. I always say, hey, can we go out and go play a game before the draft? You know, can we go line up and, and go play with with a roster that we like? And then what that does, guys, is, and I think this is important, is. You want to operate in the draft from a position of strength, because if you go in there and say like, "Oh, we need, yeah, we yeah. need," yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we just lost Juwan James," yeah. and like yeah. our starting right tackles in the draft, like, that's not a good feeling yeah. going in there because there's so much you can't control. That, that has to be. I, I, I would think that's one of the 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 main things as an organization you want to feel. You go into the draft night thinking, "We're okay." That's right. We're okay with this scenario. We're okay with that scenario. That's exactly right. We have Plan A, B, C, all the way down. Feeling, you know, you're you're okay because you did enough. Right. 
with your core players, re-signing your core guys, and being able to be flexible in free agency to maybe mask some things you don't have to depend on come April. That's right. I totally agree with that, John. It just you you want to not be beholden to any one situation if, if you could avoid it. Hey, Mike, uh, where we sit right now, um, uh, and when you take a, a snapshot of your football team right now, and you talk about the, the free agent changes that have made uh, prior to the draft, um, you got Ryan Tannehill coming back. You got Raquan McMillan coming back. Uh, you re-signed William Hayes. Um, you talk about A.J. Derby, what you did. And, and you talked when we first started talking, having this conversation. You said, you know, everyone, you know, you look at that top five or ten guys on your roster, uh, but it's the guys that are down there from, you know, from, from 11 to, to 53 that are probably going to shape what your football team's about. When you take that snapshot now of what the projected 53 might be right now after what you've done, how do you feel about where your organization and your football team's at? Again, like I said earlier, you know, coming off of 6-10, and 10, there's a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. We're excited about the new additions, Kim. Like, we think they're good fits for us for the reasons we've talked about. And, again, we could celebrate that for a second, and there's just more work to be done. And I think that's just our personalities, and that's what we owe you know, to Steve Ross. That's what we owe to our fans that, you know, there, there's, we're going to keep working. And, and to be candid, it was really the mindset after, you know, going to the playoffs. Like, that's just the mindset we're always going to have here, you know, not to be complacent, um, be opportunistic when we can, and keep identifying the right types of guys for us. And that doesn't mean the guys, you know, can't fit other places and, and keep working hard to look for good opportunities. When do you get a break? When do you get a little vacation here? Yeah. The reason, yeah. reason I'm asking is because John and I want to get you quick when you when you first get your, your first trip out to the golf course. We think it'd be pretty easy money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Kim, maybe we could, uh, you know, get out the weekend after the draft. There you go. There you go. You talk about a one-armed paper hanger over the last couple of weeks with, with him and Chris Greer and, and, and everything they've been going through. That, that free agent frenzy, got to be pretty, got to be pretty testy times, testy times for those guys. Well, you think all, all the pressure that's on you year round to produce a winner. You have to find guys, you have to find synergy, not only in the front office, but you got to make that translate in getting the right people on the field. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with it, but that's what you sign up for. When, you, when you're getting the big bucks and you're sitting at the top of an organization, that's the opportunity for you to make a change and make a change in a positive direction. So you go out and you get guys like Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson and Sitton and, and Kilgore. You trade for Quinn. You try to get the best mixture of talent on your roster. And then who works well with others? You know, I know we're going to get into some other topics on the defensive side, but on offense, it looks like the moves that the Miami Dolphins made were good ones. You have to replace Jarvis Landry. You have to pre- replace all those catches. Well, maybe it's not one guy. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's four. Maybe it's, it's a tight end that's not on this roster yet. But you have to be able to produce and be able to make Ryan Tannehill feel comfortable. I think as a quarterback, you feel better with the offensive line that, that's on paper in front of you. You feel pretty good about what you have at wide receiver. You know you've got a starting running back back there uh, in Drake. So on offense, you feel pretty good. Yep. Defensively, well, the, big, the biggest question is Ryan. How is his health? Is he going to be able to go 16 games? Is he going to be able to elevate his play and make those guys around him better? Defensively, you know, the jury's still out on a lot of issues right now. Yeah, I, ju- I just happened to run into Ryan Tannehill walking into the building and, uh, and talking to him. He seemed really upbeat and, how you doing, feeling really good. And, Logan and I had and, lunch and, with him and the he's, other he's day, excited. I tell you, you know what he's excited about? Good. He's excited about getting back on the field and, and, and starting to move around, starting to throw the football 
and doing those things. And, and it's look, his team, fellas. It's his team. Yeah, and, there's no question about it. Now. It's his team, and uh, and he's got to run with this. But uh, look, especially with all the talk that's been about, we need to draft a quarterback. We need to have draft a quarterback, Joe. It's certainly got to be weighing in the back of his mind. But you know, from from my experience with Ryan, I don't think he's a guy that turns away from that. I think he meets that challenge head on. He's a very competitive guy. Um, he's quiet. But he's very competitive, and he's going to want to win this. He's going to want to show everybody. I think we've seen a change in him, even going back to when he was healthy that year when the when the Dolphins went to playoffs before he got injured. Yeah. He, he had a little something different yeah. to him as far as this is my team. and This is he, the way we're going to do it. You know, you started seeing him in the huddle, kind of, you know, not, not pointing guys out, but pull, going over to guys, right. hey, you need to do this. You know what I mean? And that to me is when, when you see a quarterback that's got the confidence to do that, you can tell, John, you've been in that position that, hey, when people get in that huddle and you say something, they listen. Well, just think about where he is mentally. I mean, uh, he's married. He's got a kid yep. now. He's yep. out. A whole different. He, he's, yeah. he's been out for over 20 months, and he's been able to look on the sidelines and maybe take a peek at others that have played the position in his absence and say, you know what? I might not have done that yep. there. I might yep. not have handled that that way. Or, you know what? I like what he did there. There, there's other ways of going about learning your craft and learning your position, especially when you haven't done it since you were eight years old and being born and bred to be a quarterback. This is a guy that's played multiple positions yep. as a young guy. He kind of thrusted and found himself at Texas A&M. He gets drafted very high as, as a member of the Miami Dolphins, and he's expected to be the savior right away or the guy that is supposed to be that guy to take us where we're going to go. It didn't happen for him right away, and I think he's learned a lot in the process and hopefully when he comes back this year he's going to be healthy enough to stand in there and do all the things he did when he was there remember this is a guy that is a tough sob he got his ass beat for a couple years okay his durability before this last injury and toughness for the amount of hits he took was unbelievable. and mentally he's got to be the same way now can you surround him and give him a chance to come back and make it all the stuff he's learned all those lessons he's learned on the sidelines can, can he turn that into yep. victories and turn that into production as a quarterback? Hey, you guys want to knock out some of these questions by the fans? Let's do yeah. it. Great. You know what? I, I want to thank the fans that, uh, that sent questions in. This is awesome, uh, the turnout for these questions. And uh, I'm going uh, to, con- again, encourage you to send your questions in. Uh, we'll get to them on our next podcast. Uh, you can go through Twitter. You can go through Facebook. You can go through MiamiDolphins.com. I don't even know if there's an outlet there. You can do all those kind of things and, and get – I don't know. There's a lot of ways. Right, Logan? A lot of, a lot of ways. Am I missing any ways to get on here? You can call Logan at 954. <laughs> no. <laughs> for a good time. That's for, for a good, good time. <laughs> if you want to get Logan's number, just go to any bar, any, uh, any bar in, uh, in South Florida and go into the ladies' room and look on the wall. You'll, feel, you'll find his phone number in there somewhere. So you can just get a hold of him that way. Uh, let's go to right here, Twitter, Ed Simone. Hey, do you, this is a pretty good question. Do you guys think we, do you think we have too many defensive ends, and how do you envision we use all of them? Joe, it's funny because we were talking about that a little bit. When you look at all the changes and Dominican Sioux leaves, and you're looking at, geez, defensive tackles, and you've got all these defensive ends. Right now, you look at what we've got. You've got Robert Quinn, the kid they got from the Rams. You've got Andre Branch, who's coming back from, uh, from surgery during the offseason. William Hayes, who I'm very happy that they re-signed William. He was one of He's those a guys, player. A, a player, and I was just hoping that they would re-sign him. They did that. Cam Wake, who they gave a little extra dollars to, put a little money in his pocket. Uh, Charles Harris. Terrence Fade, who's still a free agent out there. And the one guy that kind of is, is flying under the radar as a defensive end, I thought did a lot of good things last year. They like is Cameron Malvo, the young kid that came out. He got to play a lot. And, and really got some season. playing time and, and did pretty well. But, Joe, that is a lot of defensive ends. 
and you look at the tackles, and now you really you look at you look at Devin Gottschaw, you look at Vincent Taylor, and you look at Jordan Phillips. Those are your guys. Those are your core guys in there. Is it outweighed too much, Joe? Defensive end to defensive tackle. My only my only thought is this: Charles Harris yep. was drafted in the first round last year, with the thought of upside and being a big time, having a chance to be a double digit yep. sack guy. And Bo, I, I know everybody wants depth. But if we draft this guy in the first round, line him up out there as a starter and let him play, I'm just afraid I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at it early, and I see Cam Wake, and I see Quinn as starters. Yeah. That's what I see. So I just wonder, like, well, look, a rotation I, look, guy you, is going to be the backup first-round pick. Joe, you may see that now. But, look, I saw Charles Harris get better. I saw him close a lot last year, and, and I think that – Knowing Charles Harris from what I know about him since he's been here, this guy's busting his ass right now yep. to be the best player that he can get. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna give. Look, I'm, I'm Cam or Wake, Cam Wake. Hard, hard not to give him, but look, Cam may be a guy that they say, hey, look, we, we want. Maybe you he's the situation. Maybe you're the situation guy. guy. Maybe you're the third down guy, and maybe it's Robert Quinn, and maybe it's Charles Harris. I don't know, but I'm gonna give Charles Harris. I'm gonna put Charles Harris in one of those starting spots. Because I expect him to go out there and bust his ass to, to see if he can do that. Maybe he can, maybe not. And, Joe, I'm different than you. I don't care if he's a first-round draft pick. Put the best two guys out there at defensive end. And I've, told, I've, I've said this before on the show. You give, I give, for, for a league that demands you to rush the passer and put pressure on the passer, give me as many defensive ends as you got that can rush the passer and just put them all out there and see how, and, and see how much pressure you can get on them. That's my thought on it. I just don't want – our first-round picks are special. Bo, you're a first-round pick. I think first-round picks got to be a little more special than being in a rotation yeah. with everybody else. That's just me personally. Yeah, but I Joe, look at Joe. a guy. We've had too many guys come through here. Too many first-round picks that are rotational or don't play well. I want him to be a franchise kind of player. Bo, if he can do that, rotating in and out, and we can get the production, and he's a starter, and – but if he's not in there on second and long and third and long, I, I think he will be in those packages that they can run. But I just expect that guy – I thought this was going to be a breakout year for him to move ahead. Well, look, let's see. It may very well be. I mean, you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of throwing him to the end of the pile before he's even got a chance to get out who, there and Who practice. would you think right now on paper – it's just – you've been around the okay, team, yeah. you guys. Who do you think is starting ends right now? I would say – Quinn I, and Wake for I, me. I, I would Quinn put, and Wake for me. Okay, I would put Quinn, Branch, Wake, and, and, um, and Charles Harris all in the mix. Two of those guys are going to be your defensive ends. I, I'm not discounting the fact, fact that Charles Harris, I'm not discounting the fact that Andre Branch may, may be that guy. I think that if we if, gave Quinn me, a lot to of me, money to, to me not of the, start. To me, of the guy, no, to me of the guys that, that I mentioned in that group before, I would say Cam Wake maybe is not the starter. I would say Cam Wake maybe becomes the situational guy, the third down guy. Yeah. That leaves. Quinn, Branch, and, uh, and, and Charles Harris to battle it out for those two spots for a start. And, and quite frankly, every freaking team in this league is rotating their defensive fronts to keep guys, keep guys uh, you know, where they're not, they're not dead on their feet. I know, I know that Charles Harris wasn't the guy that I thought he was going to be in his rookie year. I thought he'd get a little bit more playing time. I thought he'd be a little bit more productive. Now, the staff liked all the intangibles yeah. he did, all the stuff that he did. But I kind of put him in the bucket almost with Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard uh, drafted in different spots, yeah. granted, um, pretty close, but let's draft it in different, in different spots. 
But that guy came along in year two and was a different player, I think, at the end of year one and more in year two. Let's see where Charles Harris comes back. And OTA, you can't tell a whole lot, but let's see where he is in training camp. Let's see what he's been able to do. Because the one thing that we all can agree on this guy's been working, yeah. and he's he's a hard worker. This guy oh, no, is he not, wants to be he wants first, to be the guy. So let's see. It's not going to be for lack of effort. Exactly. Let's see where he's at during training camp. Let's see how this rotation comes out, and let's see where this defensive yeah. scheme comes into fruition. Are we going to be the yeah. Giants of 2018 for a lot of, a lot of passing? We're downs? paying three defensive ends. We might have to be. We might have to be. And everybody's paying defensive ends a lot of money. And the other, guy, and the other guy's a first-round pick. Right. Let's see. Let's see. Mark Grimm comes in from Facebook. We should be trying to copy what the Pats do. <laughs> Isn't everyone trying to do that? If they're not, they're idiots. It would be awesome to draft Miami wide receiver Braxton Berrios now on day three and pair him up with Wilson and Amendola in the short passing spread game, spread system. Use Drake in the same manner. Get that guy in space with his speed. Agree with that. Let Stills and pull, uh, Parker pull the downfield, bat, uh, the D-back downfield. Play to Tannehill's strength. He's a great intermediate passer, not a great vertical passer. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go quite that far uh, to say that yeah, about him. But, but getting to the point of his question, uh, a, guy, a local guy, Braxton Berrios, a guy that really didn't come into his own at UM until his, last se- year. until his senior season and really did a lot of good things for him. I wouldn't mind seeing him on the roster. I wouldn't mind seeing him a guy that uh, a day to late day two, day three, or a day three, I mean day three pickup, not a second round guy, but a day three pickup. If he ends up on this roster, I, I wouldn't be disappointed with that at all. Well, I think he's got a place in the league because of things he can yep. do. He's a slot receiver. He's Returner. got really good hands on punt returns. Really guy, a guy you can really trust. Uh, inside, actually, didn't get to finish his workout. The combine, he got injured a little bit, but yeah, I, I think we're all big Braxton Berrios fans. I, I, I really like it, and of course, everybody's got him going to New England because yeah. he's a short white yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, and he fits in like a glove there. Uh, Jeff Thomas on Facebook. I love Danny, Danny Amendola signing. Sure, we lost some big names, but they also contributed to a six and ten season. That's the other thing you look at. You, you look at the guys that are leaving and go, well, why are we, are we, why are we crying over spilled milk over a six and ten season after that? with those guys in the lineup. I understand that, but that's just my talk anyway. Our fins needed a shake-up. We filled most of those holes with some big-time key players, just a few more pieces of the puzzle. I like the direction we're heading in. All right. That's that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I look at it not for production of how, how good those guys. We lost some good players, no matter what the record was. They were good players. That's not up for debate. Yeah. But if the money's an issue, which I understand on both guys – then, then we got to get that thing back in order so we can get more players. Yeah. I agree with you, Joe. You look at the roster and you take a look. If you'd have told me Jarvis Landry, Adama Gansu, and Mike Pouncey wouldn't be part of the 2018 yeah, I'd been, season. I'd say you're crazy. I, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. But that's reality now, yeah. and now the Dolphins have to move on. I think, I think so far in free agency on paper, they've addressed a lot, of this, a lot of the losses. But by the way, everybody else, just to be fair, was part of the six wins, too, not just the oh, guys. Oh, yeah. No, you just the three that are gone. Yeah. That's everybody true. else look, got look, to be look, part look, of it. Look, the reality, look around the league. This is the reality of the league, not just the Miami Dolphins. You know, guys from the Philadelphia Eagles that, that just won a Super Bowl, they're leaving. Yeah. You got to, you know, you look at the Rams. Look at the year the Rams had. And look, at they get rid of Quinn. They get rid of Linebacker, Ogletree, right? One of their defensive backs. So, it doesn't, it, it, I don't know that, I don't know that you're, look at New England. New England's jettison players. It, it, it doesn't matter what your record is. 
The league's going to be this, from, this is what it is. This is the new league right now. You, I don't care if you won 10 games or lost 10 games. You're going to have a bunch of people coming and growing. That's coming right. and going. You try to get rid of guys before they make too much money. Yep. And by the way, nobody does it better in New England. Yep. When he thinks you're making too much money, no matter what your yep. name is, except Brady, you're gone. Or the uh, age, or, or the age kind of creeps up there, and you see, well, you know what? We don't need him anymore. That's what Bill, somebody Bill, in the draft. Bill Belichick reminds me of Wayne Huizenga. Knows when to buy. More importantly, knows when to sell. Right? When to get rid of them. When, when, they still don't, when they don't have much left. Another Facebook, Robert, man, as you can see, a lot of people coming in through Facebook. So, like I said, when you want to send your questions, it looks like Facebook is a pretty good Yeah, yeah it's better than Logan so far Better right than now. Logan, yeah. Because yeah. Logan usually misspells stuff, and I, and I can't read it properly. Robert Mann. <laughs> Robert Mann with two N's. I would not be angry if we pick up a tight end in the first round. I wouldn't be. It just doesn't seem like it could happen. We have, we've, we've not had a pass-catching tight end since Joe Rose... Oh, no, since Clay went to Buffalo. That was Logan put that in there. <laughs> but was that Joe? Joe got into the notes. Hey, I was liking it, though. These friggin' guys wouldn't let it go. It was going to be great. Hey, Logan, how about Joe before the show? Hey, can I use that pen for a second? I was like, what do you need a pen this. for? Yeah. I like, I like, he says, I like Mike Gasicki from Penn State. Yeah. Good guy there. Real good the guy. Kid from, uh, the kid from Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, what's the South Carolina. South Hayden Carolina, Hurst. yep. So, so there's a number of them out there. They need uh, I, I Nobody's just, blocking, by the way, you know which what? is okay. Just None the, of these guys don't count on just them to block. Th- no, I don't want to block. Don't no, give me a block. No, no, no. no. Third pass catching. Just re-sign Matthew end. Fasano if you exactly. want a blocker. You know what? But the way, the way the first round is shaping up right now, I think the chance of the Dolphins taking a tight end in the first round are becoming more distant as we look forward. The quarterbacks are kind of you know stacking up in the top with the Jets moving up and all that. And, and so you, that means you've got defensive players that may be falling down in, in, the, in the Dolphins' lap when it comes to 11. I don't know that there's a tight end out there, Joe and, and John, if the Dolphins stay at 11, so. no. that there's anybody out there that requires OJ, that OJ, there's pick. not an O.J. Howard no. out there in no. this draft. At some point, there's certain positions. we got to stop just getting free agents for them, putting a Band-Aid on some of these positions, and grow some of your own through the draft. Yeah. We haven't done very good at guard. No. We had to go out and get – we don't have homegrown guards. So, we we got to get some other positions though, where we hit. And tight end might be one where you find a tight end – we know Adam Gase is going to use him. He likes to flex him out inside yeah. the 20 different stuff, get him one-on-one against safeties and linebackers. Get your own guy you like. Another one from Facebook, uh, Lathea Nottage. I like what Josh Sitton brings to the Miami Dolphins. We didn't talk about Josh as much as, as we talked earlier about Kilgore. We'll talk about him a little bit here. Uh, he's a solid offensive lineman, uh, and, and they're picking up pieces and putting them together now. We have a solid center who's healthy, a Pro Bowl left guard. Now they need to draft a right tackle and a right guard. I don't know if that's going to happen. The offensive line is going to be nasty. Um, I, I like this signing, John, Josh Sitton, and you had a chance to talk to him, John. Uh, I talked to him on the phone. Uh, he's, he's an offensive lineman. As he's a quarterback? He's a big, nasty, sloppy, yeah. snot come out of your nose, offensive lineman. What was he said? Someone asked him about moving from left to guard, left to right. Yeah. yeah. It's like saying, you know, well, try wiping your ass with your opposite right. hand now and see, see how, how easy like that it. is. Yeah. Or you can yeah. be like Jay Brophy when you have both hands in cast. See who's going to wipe your ass for you. When, <laughs> That's remember, a problem. Every time Jay would get up and go to the ba- to, head deal. towards the bathroom, Everybody that saw it turned and head in the other direction. No one wanted to be in the men's room. Not going to be me. No one wanted to be in the bathroom when Josh broke. That was his special girlfriend. <laughs> that was a special girlfriend wiping yeah. her ass. Oh, big time. <laughs> special. Honey, come in here. Uh, but uh, you just ring the bell. But but anyway, so Josh and he's a colorful character, obviously coming out with, with something like that. But I, I think Josh Sitton is one of those guys, a veteran guy, Pro Bowler. I think I think between he and Kilgore. They're going to bring that long hair, nasty toughness, beards. 
You know, they're those guys. I didn't they're know those... if I wanted to kiss him on the forehead just to say thank you for being yeah, on the yeah. roster or buy him a beer. Right. You know, at the same time. Yeah. He looks like an offensive yeah. lineman. Talks he, like an offensive lineman. And, and what is he going to bring to the table for the guy next to him? I mean, in Tunsil, if he's on the left side. How is he going to bring him along? Because I think you've got guys that have experience. You've got guys that have made Pro Bowls. You've got guys that have played a lot of games in the National Football League. They're not old by any stretch. They're experienced. They're right in between. And I I think that's a good fit for the Miami Dolphins because they like the guys that are being coached by in Jeremiah Washburn. They like... They just like being offensive linemen. And what do those guys do? They share ideas. They're in that room. No one has more fun in a room than the offensive line, right? So those guys... It usually smells in that room because they can't can't control themselves. that's part of it. I think that's part of it. They don't have to get up to go to the bathroom. No, they just go right there. So I think that's part of it. That's what you get when you get veteran guys in a room. And Juwan James on one side, Laramie Tunsil on the other. How can they they bring them along, play a little bit more nastiness? If those two guards... Can, if it's Jesse Davis or it's Ted Larson, I tend to think it's going to be Jesse Davis. If those two guys can make those tackles a little bit better, then, then, then you really got some. The other thing Joe does by, by going ahead and signing those two guys, it throws out the entire question of drafting a guard yeah. in the first Forget round. That. That's Thank out. You. That's Thank out the door the right now. Guard it's and out right the tackle. door. That, that's done. And by the way, nobody got more talent on this offensive line than Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Yep. He's got – the footwork of a wide receiver running back, he just got to put it together, and maybe having a veteran next to him, he'll just it will help him just get better and better. Yep. Twitter at Arcane twelve uh, twelve twenty nine first rounder get a monster linebacker that looks like it be maybe may, may more and more be the reality now. Second, go to a tight end. Third, get a defensive tackle. If they get the right players, all could start year one. Then try for some depth in the rest of the draft. Tannehill will get the issue to see what uh, he is. If he's not a top ten quarterback next year than draft for a future quarterback. I, I agree with all those things. I but like I, but that. I think the quarterback, I think that quarterback is still going to be somewhere in the second or third round for this football team. Yep. Doesn't look like first round is going to be uh, going to be available, but who knows? But I but I think second or third round, you still got to walk away with a, with a quarterback. You, you do need you got you got to find. I think it's going to be a, a rookie backup quarterback. But boy, I'll tell you what, he hit it right on. I, I'm with him. Those on positions, those, yeah, those absolutely, priorities right no doubt about that. And, and, and that that big stud linebacker. That looks like, you know, if, if that's what you want, I, I think right now it's probably, to me, 60% that when the Dolphins draft at 11, there's going to be a good linebacker there, and they, and they may jump on. Unless it's the kid Vita, the kid from, where's he, Washington? Washington, yeah. The, via Vita. That, yeah. Uh, they ought to be able to get He's a, a Samoan guy. kid, right? Yes. Yeah, he's big real, Samoan defensive lineman. Very high, yeah. very high in my book. Yeah, I'm with you. They don't get hurt. They don't break down. Yeah. They're just big bad dudes. Big bad people dudes, around. Man. They play a lot on the West Coast. If you're not on the way, if you never played football on the West Coast, I don't think you know the Samoan. I mean, I played with a lot of Samoan guys over my career. Love playing with every one of them. Every one of them was a tough sob, yeah. and every one of them, you, if you go into battle, you want them sitting. Yeah, you want them in your foxhole. One hundred percent. I can still remember coming out of the huddle, playing BYU when they in college when they won the national title in '83 or '4 yeah. it was, and I'm looking across and everybody looked like they were 40 years old. Yeah. They all went on missions. They were all Samoan. Yeah. They all had beards. No, they're just in their mid twenties. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. I said, they all have five I, kids already. I grabbed Bill Frey. Like I said, don't let him hit me. <laughs> All that, that wild hair sticking out of their <laughs> yeah, helmet. Yeah, coming out of the ear yeah, Some of those guys, you look like, what? come on, where'd they get this guy yeah, from, you know? exactly. Yeah, they got him from Samoa. That's where they got him from. <laughs> El Chapo Jr. How about a round of applause for El Chapo? Oh, El Chapo. Gets back in with it. El Chapo he found Jr. Us, from he Twitter, found he did. Us. With the pickups in free agency so far, which position do you think we should target now in the draft? 
you were talking about tight end. You were talking about linebacker. linebacker. You're talking about maybe defensive line yep. in terms of tackle. Yep. I mean, those positions right there. I think. Oh, Bo might want to take another defensive end. Let me check. Well, let me go back and check the tape. I don't think. Well, let, that, let me that's tell a you. shot no, right no. there. The only way that's I'm going right to say the Dolphins should take a defensive end in the draft is if they draft me again. <laughs> let, me sign, let me sign one of those goddamn contracts that these guys are signing right now. Yeah, you, you won't can cost them as you much. You can draft me in the seventh. I'll take seventh round money right now. Seventh out. round money maybe more money than I made my entire career. Uh, they're all getting paid now. You're not kidding. No, but I like those positions. I, I yeah. really do. I mean, you got linebacker, yeah. you got tight end. I think yeah, those defensive, are primary, tackle. defensive tackle, yeah. and I think the Dolphins may end up getting a running back somewhere. Yeah, along running the line back. Too. I'll tell you the other thing in I terms keep... of being able. I mean, there's a lot of running backs in this draft that are going to get fourth, fifth, and sixth round yeah. that are pretty darn damn good. The other, Pass catchers. The other thing that seems to keep floating around too is maybe another cornerback out there. If there's some guy down the road a little bit, but I'm pretty look. I look at our secondary, especially with Tony Lippett coming back. They re-signed Walt Akins. You know, you got uh, you got uh, your your two cornerbacks. Uh, you got Tank and you got Xavier, who really, are, really, Xavier certainly came into his own. If Tank can have that kind of improvement that Xavier had from year one, pretty good. And then with Rashad and, and TJ back there, well, you feel pretty good about that starting group. The other side of X is and, and Bobby, be let's really not forget Bobby McCain, too. Bobby inside is. Yeah. Bobby played some he outside with injury. He He's good. But he made a, a big step forward last year, I think. And As he gives, you, corner, and he really gives you so much versatility if somebody goes down. All right, let's go with Chris Williams from Facebook. To me, Albert Wilson is a faster Landry. He was third in the league in broken tackles with a lot less catches than the top two guys. Uh, number two was Landry. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, to be honest with you, if I was to tell you I watched all of Albert, Albert Wilson's play game, I, I, I'd, I'd be lying to you. I know he's a fast kid. I know he's a tough kid. Uh, he's a smart kid. I had a chance to talk to him and, and really liked the conversation uh, I, I had with Albert. Um, but, look, he's going to have to go a long way to be close to, to Jarvis. Let's not kid each other. Yeah. By the way, for the inside, for the slot thing, I, I get that everybody wants extra speed. And, you know, if we're, we're going to break down Jarvis Landry, yeah, I would have liked to see Jarvis Landry run four fours instead of four sevens. But that guy, no matter what anybody wants to say, he's a really good slot receiver. Yep. I move on, but you don't have to bring up Jarvis Landry. Right. No. You can get guys, you can spread out. I get that we're going to, those 160 um, targets that we're going to have are going to get spread out with everybody. And I'm all for that, man. I think that should happen. I think it's good for morale. I think it's just good for business. Look at look at New England. Look at New England. They started. Who they started with? Danny Woodhead, was or no? Wes Welker was the first of the ilk. Then it was Danny Woodhead. Then it was Edelman, and then it was Amendola. If anybody's gone through good slot receivers and let them move on, and then shown that you can find someone else to do it, it certainly has been yeah. New England. And, and, may, and maybe that that maybe that constant of. Uh, of that guy, uh, Tom Brady, maybe that has something to do well, with it. I think that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I mean, paramount. Too many receivers play in New England that haven't done better in their careers <laughs> right. after playing with Brady. Yeah. I think, they, I think the, you know, with Tom Brady, they won Super Bowls with a bunch of receivers. As you said, who, is who that are guy? those guys? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. Uh, James Cheatham on Facebook. As a Dolphin fan living in Missouri, Chiefs country, I've seen Albert Wilson play. He's flown under the radar, but he's actually pretty good, uh, a pretty good route runner and gets uh, separation. I usually fear the worst with Dolphin acquisitions, but I'm holding out hope that he's going to surprise some people. When I had a chance to talk to him, and John, you had a chance to talk to him, really comes across as a good guy. He's been through a lot in his life uh, that he's bought, battled through, and I think he carries that with him. And, and he's a guy that, he's one of those guys, he just, I just want to go out there and show people what I can do. And he thinks his time 
is right now, and hopefully it is. Well, he's going to have a chance. I mean, he's signed a three-year deal. I think it's, you know, two years of exposure for the Dolphins when you take a look at the numbers and where he's at. He's going to have an opportunity to, to make a home in South Florida. He's a, a South Florida native, a Port St. Lucie yep. High School, so a guy that's a tough guy. And when you watch him on film, he does make people miss. When he gets his opportunities, he's got that, that jump step in the middle of traffic that he's able to elude tackles and, and move the chain. So you hope that that carries over uh, with this offense and where Adam Gase wants to take the targets that Joe talked about and spread those targets out. You're hoping that he gets his share. I look at the money he's playing. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh, no, he is playing. You take a look I'm at just, this deal. I'm, I can tell you who the first four receivers are unless they get injured. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty clear. The two here last year and, and two new guys – yeah, the amount of money they got. I mean, I, the the guy that's going to have to come in and play like Superman from from the first Carew. practice out here is Carew. So, so let me Carew. ask you this: uh, of those, and I and I agree with you 100. That that's the pecking order in that. Where do you throw Jakeem in on that? Ahead of Carew. Yeah, he's a fifth he's guy a fifth that guy. can do, and he's got that extra gear, and he actually finished strong. My God, I called it the speed package. I want, yeah. I want more him. He, he may get more playing time. And he's time. on the outside. Right. You know, everybody yeah. forgets. Everybody kind of figured out he's not an inside not, guy. No, he's an he's outside guy. guy. Let him make somebody miss yep. and threaten. And, and let me ask, let's not forget, you guys still got Jakeem as a, as a punt returner. You got Danny Amendola. You got Wilson. You know, you've increased your special teams. You, you've increased your, your skill on special teams with those guys when it comes to kick returning. Yeah, well, listen, I, I see Amendola on the shorter high punts. Yeah. Yep. Where they're inside the 10 and super high. He's going to get out there. He's going to catch them. When you got open field, long kicks. Jarvis, I mean, uh, Jakeem. Jakeem will be back out there. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Twitter. uh, There's a number of people who have got in with this question. Who's been your guy's favorite signing so far this year? Sitting. Oh, you like sitting? You like that that offensive guard in there? I think it's. That was huge. I like that. John? Yeah, I have to go offensive line, too. I'm, I'm saying Kilgore as well. I mean, if you're going to get a guy that, that that's that good and, and healthy at his age and be able to come in and replace a guy that you were crossing your fingers yep. with, you know, every day at practice, that he's going to play and he's going to, yep. you know, be there. Because if he goes down right now, uh, if Pouncey a week ago went down, the Dolphins didn't have really an answer. Yep. You know, they, they, got, they, get, they got some trying guys in there, but they don't have a guy that's proven. Yep. Now you got a guy that's proven. They're, they're, they're 1A and 1B for me, both those guys. Sitting in Kilgore, both those guys, because those two guys come in at the same time and it completely revamps your offensive yeah. line. And, 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 and John, you, you mentioned this when you talked about sitting and Kilgore's the same. They bring a real tough they – don't, they, they don't, you know, they're not, the, they're not the, the guy that's puffing out his chest walking across the street. They might kind of walk slump shoulder a little bit. But if you, if, if you push your button the wrong way, you're going to get your ass kicked. Let me tell you a quick story. So I, I look at Daniel Kilgore's, you know, bio, and I'm looking on Wikipedia and trying to find out a little bit about him. And he's from a little town in Tennessee. So I'm looking on the map, and it's real close to Tri-Cities Airport. This is a, 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 next to a golf course called the Old Farm that I'm a, a member at. So I, I'm going to talk to Daniel and interview him for the one-on-one. I said, hey, I saw you're, you know, from a little town. Uh, it's right next to Tri-Cities Airport. He goes, can't miss my house if you're flying in there. It's got like a copper roof. You'll be able to see it all the time. I said, well, I'm a member at this place called the Old Farm in Bristol, Virginia. Actually, Dan Reno's a member there, too. He goes, I know it well. He said, next time when you guys go up there, don't call for the shuttle. Call me. I'll come pick you up. Right. That way, I'll get to play the course with you. I said, I like you already. Wow. I like the way you think. But, Good. you know, he's one of those genuine guys. Yeah. That he said, you know what, forget that. I'll come yeah. pick you guys up. Yeah, and they're both excited about yeah. being here, man. They just seem like they want to be part of this thing. And 
Well, you look at Sitton. He's a, he's a he's a Florida guy. His his, Jacksonville, his, his right? wife's a yeah. big Dolphin fan. Right. He, he's 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 thrilled about coming down Absolutely. here. Absolutely. You know, and some of these guys you would think like like Kilgore would be a guy to me that you would think, man, I just signed with these guys, the 49ers. They you think there would be a little animosity there? He's just excited about being here and getting an opportunity to come and really change his franchise around. He's coming in so. starting center. Yeah, it's it's his. Hey, you know what? There's been a lot of talk about leadership with the with with guys coming in and trying to bring guys in. And I think you look at it on all these guys, Amendola, Quinn, Sitton, Kilgore, I think they all bring that that leadership to how important do you think that is? Or is that just is that just a catchphrase being thrown around this year? I think it's important. But Bo, we play with guys that aren't great team guys, yep. that don't show up all the time, but they play their ass off on Sunday. Yep. And without going into all the old names on our 45-man roster, and you you got to have those guys. I, I think this culture thing that's thrown out, that's leaked out of yep. Davey is important. But, Bo, you still got to have guys that make plays, game changers on, on Sunday and Monday night and Thursday night. And we got to have those guys because – or that culture that you talked about, that culture is great. Your fans will never get to see it. Yeah, it's one spoke on the wheel for me. I mean, it, you need it. How important it is, it depends on how good you are. I think it comes down to that. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think to me, uh, you got to have we guys, not me guys. And I don't care about, you know, leadership to me is, is to me tends to be an overblown thing. But you just got to have guys that want to play and, and win football games. Well, probably one of the great leaders that we, we had the opportunity to play with, Joe, barely said a word, Dwight Stevenson. Dwight. Uh, and, and, but when Dwight said something, everybody listened to what he yeah. said, everybody. And he was that guy that led by example, by going out, practiced hard, worked hard. No one worked harder than him. No one practiced harder than him. And, and no one played better than him. And, and that, that comes across uh, in another way. So you don't have to be a verbal guy to be a leader. Uh, but you got, if you're not, you've got to be well, a guy well respected. Well respected. And you watch the way everybody. he does it. And he's out there doing stuff. you got to have big balls to not do the same thing. But, you know, we had some, I started to say their names. I don't want to throw guys under the bus. But we had guys who were late. That wouldn't, be like, guys. that wouldn't be like you. Yeah, guys, it, like Don Chu would go, if I could, I'd cut you I, right, cut now. You right now. Yeah. And the player told him back, I know, but you don't have any better, anybody <laughs> better right now. And you won't for a while, so you won't be cutting me. Right. Well, I'm going to leave you there. I'm going to leave you with my only, my only Don Shula cutting a guy on the spot moment. We were at, uh, we were at training camp at uh, St. Thomas University. Beautiful we place. Had beautiful facility, potholes in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Stayed in the dorm on one side, had our locker room on the other side. And just to the west of that was our practice field. And all surrounding the practice field were, were a bunch of trees. It was like a little mini forest out there. And we had one kid, he was a rookie, overslept. Overslept for a training camp. And, and you could see the parking lot from the practice field. All of a sudden, you see this guy bobbing and weaving between the cars, right? And everyone's going to say, hey, what's that over there? You know, now next you know, everybody's looking. So the, guy, the guy's late, obviously. Bobbing and weaving through the cars, gets into the locker room. Puts his shit on, puts his helmet and pads on, comes running back, dodging and weaving through the cars, goes through the dorm, goes, remember how you go through that little walkway? Comes through the back, goes through the forest, comes out right behind practice, climbs over the fence, <laughs> climbs over the fence, gets on the field, and kind of snuggles up behind everybody as you're standing there in the group. You know, all the offensive guys, and, you know, they've got their backs to yeah. the fence. He kind of crawls and gets in the fence there, and, you know, for a little bit, and, and you see him, all of a sudden, he's starting to get a call. Oh, man, who I made that. I made that. And all of a sudden, Shula goes, Jones, where the hell you been? 
And he goes, well, coach, I'm right here. He goes, oh, don't, don't give me that crap. I saw you running across the parking lot. <laughs> I got he goes, he says, get out of here. He goes, we don't need guys like you. You're cut. Get out of here. So the guy turns around and starts walking off the field. She goes, no, 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 no. You go out the same <laughs> way you came. I had to hop over the fence again, <laughs> go back through the trees, oh. go back through the thing. The only thing he didn't do, he didn't serpentine through the parking lot this time. He just walks right in with his head out. That's a, that crappy way to go ended his career by out. having to climb over the fence to go home. Time for us to climb over the fence and go home right now. That's going to do it for the show today. Guys, I want to, pre- I want to thank you for coming in. Always a good time, man. Thanks. Thank you. Always good stuff, awesome. guys. Thank you. Again, let me remind you, uh, go ahead and get your questions in. We're happy to get that. Thanks for all the guys that sent in questions, guys and gals that sent in questions today. You can do it next week. And remember, you can always find the podcast. Podcast, easy to get to. Joe, how do you get it? The app. Apple Music. You get it through the? The app. You can go and get it on Dolphins.com. You can get it at? The app. You can go to TuneIn Radio with episodes dropping every week, either Thursday or Friday, or you can get on the app. On the app, but that's bro, right. The, only the Miami you, Dolphins mobile app. The only place you can't get it is on Joe's, on Joe's phone. phone. That's right. Well, I'm that all set because <laughs> I can see Anywhere, you guys are going to call me Joe's out every phone, week. That's going to do it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>